0: The JSC has closed its doors for another day on the first day of a new trading week, so it's time for the 5 o'clock shadow. And as always on a Monday, it's Greg Davies, head of wealth at Kratos Capital. Kratos Capital is based in Johannesburg, but Greg is at their satellite office in Cape Town at the moment. Greg, it was a nice solid start to the week. I mean, the JSC up over half a percent. And when I say the JSC, I mean the top 40 and the overall index. But it hasn't got... No, you wouldn't come home if you had an office rather than a home office. You wouldn't come home and sit down, have a glass of whiskey or something or fruit juice and say, whew, that was a good day, that excited me. It's not exciting at the moment, is it?
1: It's really difficult to find anything to get excited about. Quite right there, up 400 points. was a case of it was seven, 800 points up at the opening. and just drifted low, no big volume. Sort of the one sector that caught the eye, and I always say to you, it's either the four shares at the bottom of the gains on the top 40 or the four shares at the top yeah. and today and up four and a half percent goes. so the platinum sunny came to life this morning They have been hampered down over the last week or so so perhaps a bounce better platinum palladium prices ran strengthened quite a bit yeah but it's interesting to see the market taking notes of uh, the platinum so they're on top of the moves yeah, the other suspects, obviously, in NASPAS process, they're dragging them archive. Yeah,
0: platinum group metal stocks really interest me because they have been so whacked. It's almost like. Not quite as bad, but it's almost like the Kumba Iron Ore story, where it went down to the low 20s per share, and everyone was just giving up and saying, this company's going under, they're going to have to fill in the mines in order to make sure that this thing gets out of its woes. I get the feeling with the PGM stocks as well, and surely now someone must start to dip in and say, OK, I may not be at the bottom, I may not get, you know, the I, I may be uh, 10% too early, but I really get the feeling that South African PGM producers are poised for greatness, Greg. And that's, not a, rec- that's, when- that's not a recommendation, by the way, because I'm not allowed to recommend anything, but it's just a personal feeling.
1: Yeah, good observation, Lindsay. And just going back to that Kimbo, I'm glad you reminded me of that. With The share price collapsed to such a point that the share was then trading exactly as the dividend had been, say, three, four years earlier. So <laughs> let's say the share was 40 rand, and four years before the, the, the dividend was 40 rand. I mean, I'm just thinking, as you're speaking, some of the moves in these Platinums, I mean, I can remember it's probably early in the year, Impala Platinum was over 200. Um, it's just around 80 at the moment. and I mean, even, even shorter term than that, probably a month ago, Anglo-American Platinum was over 800, currently sitting at 624. And that had a 4% move, but that was 585 most of Friday. So the, the moves, you know, you'll, you'll get whiplash on the way up and the way down, but at some point these things are going to be off. It's one of those sectors where when everything goes wrong, everyone's got a clever idea. The load shedding, everyone's going to buy these electric cars. And when it starts to turn, and all that's forgotten. And, and on we go, the shares are cheap value, we've got to own them. So... The backstories to all these moves, you know, they sort of come up with a story after the event. I suppose that's always the case for the market.
0: Have you got an electric car? Will you buy an electric car? Would you buy an electric motorbike? Because I know you're a motorbiker.
1: Well, I mean, the first thing we'd have to get past is is, is load shedding, because course. Um, <laughs> you know, you don't need load shedding. And also PowerPoints
0: to, to plug and the <laughs> blasted thing in.
1: Yeah, travelled overseas and I saw all of these the hotels staying at. had a whole of these as Teslas. I said, made a mental noise. Tomorrow I'll go knock on the door and ask if I can have a turn. I was just there for the weekend and had to all disappear. But certainly in Switzerland, you see a lot of them. But obviously they've got um, this thing called electricity sort of 24-7.
0: Yeah, which is a basic right, in in my opinion, along with water and shelter and food. But anyway, we'll get away from that. Let's have a look at some of the Stock Exchange news service announcements today. There wasn't many. Let's start with Sun International. Sun International's numbers came out and the share price last time I looked, and you can correct me now because it's been an hour or so since then, was up over 6%. Sun International, Greg, what happened and do you like it?
1: You know, it's such an interesting thing and a couple of brokers and I was obviously online chatting about it on Thursday, Friday, last week. It's such an interesting phenomenon that's been happening in the market. The they, company will give a trading update. The share price will now rally to more or less where it is t- today. And then the market short-term memory, the share will pull back to sort of 34, 35. And then when the full results come, lo and behold, the share's up nearly 7%. So mm. shorter-term trading... Those are things to look for but it's a little bit confusing but I was actually talking to someone about it it's perhaps a case of you know your, your big uh, hedge funds or your investment funds are, are saying well we can't make a, a an investment decision based on a trading update because you know that's just parameters we need to see full set of results and and that bought some some big buying in look not big volume but about two hundred thousand shares eight million rands it's never been a huge volume trader but i think the way it speaks to that side of the you know the hotel the gaming it seems to have been a sort of we're a million miles away from we were in the middle of the covid sort of panic or sort of poor outlook and everyone thought it's the end of these businesses
0: yeah greg there's a listing coming up on the nasdaq in the next couple of weeks Actually, maybe even sooner than that. The company is ARM, and that's not African Rainbow Minerals, it's AIM, ARM, based in Cambridge in the United Kingdom, but a massive, massive player in the chip market and very much linked to AI and all sorts of other applications and things that I don't understand. And to me, as I said to a previous commentator, if this goes well, maybe people after a dearth of really big listings on the NASDAQ and anywhere else as well in the United States or America. If this goes well, people might say, goodness me, if they're confident about ARM, then maybe we should be confident about the market. And I'll come to Janet Yellen as well to do with confidence. But ARM, are you a tech investor on behalf of your clients at Kratos Capital?
1: Not particularly, Lindsay. Part is an interesting theme. We saw NVIDIA come out with excellent results. And I think that it's You know, one sits and looks at it. I mean, this AI, you know, I'm using the chat GPT at the moment. find it very useful, you know, to send out reports to clients. And obviously, the majority of what's written is written by me. But the AI can sort of help you lay out a you know, much more professional. So there's definitely a lot of uses for that. My understanding of this in the video, what you need is real quick speed and chips. So obviously, you know, if a car is going to drive itself, you need some quick chips there. And the backstory to all of that, if I'm understanding correctly, is these video games that these kids were playing where you needed these faster chips. And it just shows you how that text space can evolve from something relatively trivial to something really, really, important, which can take, you know, global economies a lot stronger. I mean, if you think about this AI, you know, it's certain jobs which you could, can replace, certainly uh, journalism, you know, most of the stories are on Twitter – you follow them up, and you and you get a an AI to 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 write a report for you. I know someone who's using it, you know, for legal help because, you know, it can reference back to read every law book that is in the world, and so it can say, in this case, listen, that happened. Sorry, I'm going off into the weeds here, but um, certainly mm-hmm. a sector where where there could definitely be some growth. As you say, a lot more confidence coming back to that text base, text base, and over the years, it's been a sort of a lot so the one thing that's always confused the market is to try and understand how these things really work It's people have made a lot of money and lost a lot of money. it's a very interesting space
0: Now who needs to know how it works? I mean, do you know how a car works? Maybe you do maybe you're more mechanical than I am, but I look at a car and I say actually I need to open the hood there and I need to you to show me You know where the alternator is attached to the battery and sort of thing and the spark plug. I don't give a you-know-what I don't care just let it work. As long as it works, it really doesn't matter. So what you're saying is you've moved down from Johannesburg, the industrial hub of the Republic of South Africa. You're sitting in Cape Town, looking out at the beach, looking out at Lion's Head on your right-hand side, and you're using AI to write your reports. Greg, I don't want you to get into too much of a slumber here.
1: Yes, I suppose one, one could easily become complacent, lazy, and expect, uh, you know, and I've actually been working on a book on the old stock exchange stories, and I've done quite a bit of a stand-up comedy. But In a way, you send it to people and they go, did Gregory write this or did the computer write it for them? But at the end of the day, they've got to be your ideas, and then the AI will sort of make them sort of less fragmented and, and less nonsense, if you know what I'm saying. Yes.
0: Okay. Well, that's a good enough explanation. I'll buy it. Many wouldn't. Greg, we spoke about Blue Label last time, last Monday, and there's another telecommunications company which was actually linked at some stage to blue label and it's called telcom and i look at the share price action that's the thing that really tells you You can read as many reports on it research reports on it as you (laughs) like but when you look at the price action of telcom which at one stage was over 100 rand a share and not that long ago was above 50 rand a share it's now in the mid-20s I'm fearful of this company, Greg. Have, have you been watching its action? Because I know you look at these things assiduously every single day, and ones that sort of flash away on your screen, either for good reasons or bad reasons. I would say Telkom is one that is a bad reason.
1: Yeah, 100%, Lindsay. It is one which i I sort of fascinated with. And I'll be honest, like a month or two ago, it was trading at 30-odd Rand, 32, starts to think, you know, it's, it's worth a speculative buy. It's have a couple of courtships from the likes of MTN, and there's probably some good businesses there, but I absolutely, absolutely agree with what you've been saying. I think the share price must be down 20% in the last two months. Hmm. Um, I've got clients that follow it very closely. So I've got to deal with WhatsApps every hour saying, so, you know, what's gone wrong in telecom. <laughs> but no one really has a proper story, and I think in a certain extent, I think you know they were approached by MTN to, to cobble out some sort of deal. One must remember that the government pension fund owned 40% of it, and I think the thinking was when they walked away from that MTN deal, there was a concern that that um, you know it would be job losses and, and so on. Um, so it's a complicated animal, and sooner or later, it, it's got to find a suitor, but. um yeah, it's it's trading trading like a peristatal at the moment it's just heartbreaking to see the share down at uh at 24 rand and you uh, i just i just don't know where it's going from here
0: uh, i can tell you it's going into the mid-teens greg but again that's not a recommendation that's just lindsey williams personal Certainly. yeah exactly okay let's have a look at the markets greg on a relatively quiet day at the beginning of the new week i've got the dollar round at 18.88 which is 0.8% fall for the US dollar. Is that a fall for the US dollar? Yes, it is 0.8% uh, uh, weaker. So the rand has strengthened. Uh, the British pound against the rand is 23.64, two thirds of a percent off for the pound. And the euro rand has fallen by 0.7% against the mighty rand to 20. 20- 27 Euro dollar 107.40, which has barely changed from Friday. On to the commodities now. The gold price, eh, it's okay, but really nothing to write home about. Up nearly $5 an ounce to $19.23 an ounce. Platinum, down four to eight ninety-nine and a bit. Actually, let's call it nine hundred, uh, down four dollars to nine hundred dollars an ounce. And palladium, uh, down a couple to twelve oh six, a very, very quiet indeed. But the real commodity That we need to look at is the oil price and Brent crude oil is $90.35, which is down a third of a percent, but still stubbornly high West Texas crude $86.87, which is down three quarters of a percent natural gas down a bit. Um, and what, what else have we got? Coal and iron ore and everything else are uh, doing very little indeed. All important capital markets. I like what Janet Yellen had to say. She said that uh, she thought she could uh, contain inflation and not damage the jobs market in the United States. So in other words, if there's going to be a slowdown, it'll be a slowdown. Chocolate. Sorry, what did you say? <laughs> I have
1: to have a, a chuckle at that, you know. But just jumping you, you're
0: not easy. a fan of Janet Yellen?
1: Well, no, that just doesn't make any sense. But uh, let me try and make a point there. Please Obviously do. They're trying to, they're trying to confo- conf- contain inflation. But now, with Brent crude at 90 and possibly could yeah. go a lot higher, we, the cost of fuel carries on going up. It's going to be very difficult to control inflation. So I don't know if that's… Re- relevant to what, what you were saying earlier. no you're
0: absolutely yeah. right i mean i look at the oil price which has gone up from in mid-june around 71 72 dollars a barrel to above 90 dollars a barrel in the second week in september and i think Mrs. Yellen, you're a, you're a fine u.s treasury secretary but on the other hand that is a 28 29 increase in the price of oil and that is uh, at the headline level Very, very inflationary. Maybe not at the core level, and maybe that's what you look at. But uh, I agree with uh, your cynicism, Greg. Where else are we going here? So anyway, what I was going on to before you made your very good point. The US 10-year Treasury bond yield, 4.29%, which is a three basis point rise. And the South African 10-year, 10.39%, which is a 1.5% move. These these markets are really, really quiet today. Bitcoin, you told me the other day, confidentially. Well, you told everybody that you were. You had a couple of coins stuck under the mattress. 25,124, down 2.5%. S&P 500 futures, gosh, it's dull. 4521 up around about 0.2%. Greg, on the JSC today, what shares caught your eye before I give you mine?
1: Yeah, well, as you were saying, the, the plats, your winners today, and Platts, in Platts, Sabania, uh, nothing particularly exciting. But I, could I jump back to, to Friday? I'm not sure who you had, but a very, very interesting story was the trading update from Capitech. And I think there was a perception in the market that that, that trading update would be poor. You know, you had your... Your high inflation rates, you know, your cost of living going up, your fuel prices, and the trading update came out. Initially, the share looked a bit weaker, and before you blinked, Capitech was up 150 rand a share. I'm I'm talking within an hour, hour and a half, and uh, you could just feel the panic uh, of the, you know, a few prop discs I'm hearing, which are short Capitech, full results on, on the 28th of this month, so interesting to follow, but... This bank has been, you know, thick and thin, it's it's been a wonderful gift to, to investors.
0: Yeah, it really has. I mean, it's had its ups and downs, but on the other hand, it just keeps on delivering every time you think it's going to go down below 1000 or something because you know, the bad debts keep on rising or whatever. But no, it just doesn't happen. On my screen, Greg, I've got Sun International, the aforementioned, up 6.8%, Anglo-American Platinum, 4.6% higher, Impala Platinum, three and a third. TFG, the Fashini Group, up nearly 3%. On the downside, uh, Telcom, yeah, fearful of it. I really am down three and a quarter percent. Sirius down 3.2 Mass, the property company, down 2.8 percent. And Sogo Sun down two and a third percent. So, not a particularly great day, but when you look at the indices, I know you haven't got the indices, Greg. Despite the fact you've got lots of fancy screens, you can't give me the indices. So, I'm going to do that for you. Let's go look at the sub indices before we get to the major ones. Resources. Best performers up one and a third percent. That's mainly because of platinum's Industrial shares up 0.7 percent. Financials up 0.2. The top 40, 68,518, up three quarters. And the all share itself up nearly two thirds percent to 74,106. Greg, before we get to your Monday reminiscence about the old days on Diagonal Street and all sorts of saucy stories, we're going to have to Talk about rugby. As you know, I'm not a huge rugby fan, but I will say a couple of things. Number one, seven weeks is too long for a Rugby World Cup. Way too long. Why does the Football World Cup, which is far more important and far, far bigger, 10, 15 times bigger when it comes to revenue, etc., why is that only three to four weeks long and the Rugby World Cup seven weeks long? That's the first thing. Second thing is the Springboks are terrifyingly good. They went in at half time 6-3 up, and they, the coach said to them, stop messing me around, grind them into the dust. And they did that in the first 10 minutes of the second half. And at any stage during that game, they could have just got a, a nod and say, OK, let's ratchet this up a little bit, and they would have done so. So I, I can't see anyone beating them, Greg. Am I being over-optimistic about your team?
1: Well, yeah, I think, you know, that. that, that... First half, we didn't score a lot of points, but I think we set a lot of. That. It Scott, was six really, three, yeah. Uh, we, yeah, we hurt them, and I was saying to my son, "You don't want to be a Scotsman with a ball in your hand right now, because you know what's coming to you." And the tackles that were going in, and I think eventually Scotland is a bit shell shocked in the end there, and sooner or later, you know, that was. You know, look, it wasn't. Total destruction, but they sort of stuck with the game plan. Certainly, there were words word spoken at town. Um, I, I saw Rusty's got his sort of flashing lights up up in the stands, which which is quite interesting. I'm not sure exactly how that follows, but some of the forwards looked very strong, and obviously the wings is where all the pace was. The most enjoyable match I, I watched the Tigers move down the road here. Terrific.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I can't say. I mean, maybe France will give them a the run for their money. The the All Blacks look a little bit bedraggled. Yeah, but maybe, you know, faced up with the, the old enemy, the Springboks, maybe they'll come to life should they ever get there. My one great hope for this World Cup... Is that England don't get through to the knockout stages and don't have to face South Africa because I'll have to, I don't know, change my name, assume a false identity, <laughs> or, or something like that because it'll be embarrassing. England against South Africa, it'll be like 72-6 or something. Greg?
1: Actually, my outsider for the tournament's probably France. I mean, it's a home game. They're playing very well. Um, not, but cynical. But I think some of these, some of these tournaments that sort of almost gifted, and I'm France. You know, this just needs a little bit of uh, happiness in, in their
0: in the country and it's a home game and, you know, we just need to do Exactly. allez Les Bleus, as they say in France. Now, Greg, let's reminisce a little bit now, because between us, I think we've got around about 50 years of experience in various different markets. And you spoke about a last week chairman or the CEO of the JSE, probably the chairman in those days, because it wasn't a public listed company, uh, sitting down on the floor watching uh, South Africa against Australia a cricket match not a rugby match what else have you got for us this week
1: well, well i think first of all, before i go further a sort of less enlightened times and it might come across but it just gives a feel of exactly the sort of much kind of level where you couldn't really show any weakness on on the trading floor and back in the day it was quite fun if if a new company was going to list around about 11 o'clock uh, everyone the the people who were listing the companies, do you see something similar on the NASDAQ these days? They would get up on a, on a sort of stand, all the people would stand around, the directors, and then the market master, his name was John Deepen if I remember well, would ring the bell and the name of the share would be announced, and then there would be a flurry of trading and screaming and shouting going on. In one particular case, the bell was rung and no real prices were made. And you know, there's always someone from the bench shouting, Beautiful young lady on the on the stage, and, and someone shouted, "How much for the blonde?" Uh, which I thought was pretty funny at
0: the time. Well, exactly. very completely <laughs> inappropriate these days, Greg. I mean, you're not a Spanish Football Association official, so you can't say that. But, yeah, I understand what you are saying. But don't they blow the horn now if somebody has some announcement in... Where is the JSC now? What's the name of the street in Santon? It's in Maud
1: Street. Yes, That's in Maud Street. I, I, yes, I do think that. They had that little horn-blowing thing, but I, I should imagine with the COVID and everything... There's less of it. As we were discussing, I think, last week, there's not been a lot of new listings. I was actually out at breakfast with uh, Anthony Clark, and he's been on the show, and he pointed out... Oh, the the small-cap analyst.
0: Yeah, he's good value, that chap. We must speak to him. Yeah,
1: he was like, yeah, a premium was was unbundled out of out of Bright and that was the last listing of, but it's not a stock that i follow closely but yeah he would he he's very strong in, in the food space he did say like to pop in a, at the pod at some time he also got some great stories
0: yeah exactly greg thank you very much for your time this evening as always greg davies is the head of wealth at kratos capital based in johannesburg but at his satellite office in camps bay and that was the five o'clock shadow